Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to June's podcast series on one month to better investigations and internal reportings. So what do you do when the call, the email, or the personal tip comes into your office where an employee reports suspicious activity somewhere literally across the globe? That activity might well turn into a Foreign Corrupt Practices Act issue for your company. In today's climate, it can turn into issues under lots of different anti-corruption jurisdictions. The Brazilian Clean Companies Act, the UK Bribery Act, or even domestic anti-corruption laws such as brought GSK to bear in China. As the Chief Compliance Officer, it will be up to you to begin the process which will determine in many instances how your company will respond going forward and will set the tone throughout this most difficult period. This month's podcast series will provide to you all the steps you need to consider going forward. I'm going to take a look at independent versus in-house investigations, investigation protocols, the different resources that a compliance practitioner may bring to bear in an investigation, such as internal audit, IT, and legal. And I'll take a look at special issues such as privilege, Upjohn and Miranda warnings, data privacy, and of course, the Yates memo and its effect. I think you will learn a lot this month if you follow this podcast series. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to the June podcast series. Is your hotline working for you? In an article in Compliance Week entitled Promoting Effective Use of the Compliance Hotline, Jose Tabueno gave an excellent, excellent example of the power of a hotline. He wrote about the case study of a company which had not integrated its IT function into its regular compliance and ethics training programs. As such, there were zero calls into the hotline by employees from the IT department. This dynamic was changed and IT was integrated into the company's regular compliance and ethics training. Thereafter, the hotline received several calls from IT department employees indicating there were two major areas of complaint or concern. The first general area was that there were conflicts of interest between IT department managers, family members of those department managers who were hired, and perceptions of favoritism. The second generally revolved around the allegations that certain company managers were manipulating data to maximize their bonuses. The HR department led the investigation that included questioning of all IT managers on this favoritism problem. The questions were about their direct reports and employees of their unit. The company determined that there was only one instance of a family of a manager hiring a family member. He was a brother-in-law, but that person did not report to the manager and was in a different section of the IT organization. This finding made clear that there were misperceptions in the IT department, which affected the department morale. To remedy this, all IT managers received training on appropriate employment practices, communications, and also <clears throat> delivered to the IT employees policies and procedures regarding the hiring of family members. Most satisfyingly, callers stated that the work environment in the IT department was notably improved. 
The IT department employees also expressed gratitude that their concerns were answered and that their issues were addressed. The callers felt their concerns were taken seriously when they saw the communications on hiring practices and upon having the discussions with managers during staff meetings. Staff retention started to improve in the IT department. In the area of the manipulation of data for bonuses, the company used the hotline to obtain more information from the callers on isolating the metrics and the managers in question. It was determined that the bonuses of a select few IT department managers were indeed influenced by a questionable data source, which was controlled by a non-manager with minimal oversight and controls. Following interviews with key individuals and review of data file, including forensic analysis, it was determined that one IT manager misrepresented the information provided to the staff person maintaining that data. Notably, this staff person reported to this manager. As a result, the IT manager's bonus compensation was inflated. He was subsequently terminated. From this, Tabueno draws three lessons around the benefits of a effective hotline. The first, a hotline is of no value if the workforce is not aware of it. Although a helpline was in place at the company, it was apparent that a segment of the company had not been informed that this hotline was available. It was hotline data which revealed this gap. By reviewing the data segmented by region, department, incident classification, and other criteria, it became obvious in comparison to the rest of the organization that the IT department had not used the helpline. Second, the Ethics and Compliance Office obtained support from the Chief Information Officer. CIO in making IT part of the helpline community and for designating a liaison within the IT function. The IT, excuse me, the source of the department leadership likely influenced the success of training and communications delivered by the ethics and compliance staff. Finally, number three, the awareness of the helpline was not sufficient to ensure success. The company needed to make sure that the issues and allegations were addressed and investigated thoroughly, quickly, and efficiently. Employees who chose not to report wrongdoing indicated a belief that nothing will be done anyway, so why take the risk? Employees also cite fear of retaliation as a result for not reporting. This example really demonstrates to me the power of a hotline. The company's hotline, excuse me, the company's compliance department established the credibility of the hotline as a resource to raise issues and report misconduct. The concerns regarding nepotism and conflict of interest were taken seriously, and although violations were not as widespread as the initial hotline reporting calls indicated, the review went a long way to clear the air. Equally important, the hotline provided proved to be a successful management tool as well. The company was able to manage potential compliance issues and improve employee morale. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one, obviously hotlines can be very powerful tools. Uh, they can be powerful tools for a number of reasons that I've uh, set forth in this uh, today's uh, presentation. They can be powerful tools for the information which is presented and giving employees the opportunity to raise concerns in a safe manner and see that the results see that the results can follow. Number two, no hotline complaints does not equate to no issues. This case really demonstrates that if you have a dearth or, or lack of complaints uh, from one department, from one region, from one geographic area, it's not necessarily mean there are no issues. There could be multiple issues and there could be some significant issues. And here, uh, even if the uh, issues are the perception, then perception is reality, as Andre Agassi continually reminds us. Uh, 
So simply because there are no hotline complaints does not mean there are no issues, and you need to investigate why there would be no hotline complaints. Finally, for the success, and number three, for the success of a hotline is not simply to have one in place. There must be follow-up. There must be a substantive investigation. The investigation must uh, come, uh, come to a resolution. Uh, that resolution can result in disciplining of certain employees, but that resolution can also be simply communicating the results of the investigation. And if you look at the first issue uh, on the favoritism problem, it turned out that there was not a problem, but there was a perception there was a problem. So by unmasking this perception, it was equally valuable to uh, engage in this behavior. And this really shows the power of what a hotline can do for your organization. I hope you've enjoyed day 19 of one month to better investigations and reporting, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 20. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate the podcast as it would help in our rankings and also help get the word out about the only one-month podcast series to a better compliance program. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. You can reach me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much again for listening, and I hope you'll join me again for one month to better investigations and reporting. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.